Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Unplug with Annie. Today I've got another guest on the show, Vandana, on the, the finale episode of um, The Process Leads to the Promise. And Vandana works for an organization called Emancipation, and she works with young girls who have backgrounds of trauma and abuse, and she's doing some really important, amazing work. And we're going to be talking about that today and a little bit more about what we've been talking about over the series, which is process and God's promises. And uh, yeah, let's see what comes up in conversation. So firstly, welcome, Mandana. Thank you so much for having me. I didn't realize it was the finale episode. <laughs> This is no pressure. <laughs> the finale episode of that specific series, but absolutely no pressure. Yeah. Just a conversation. <laughs> Um, so you are doing amazing work for this organization. Tell us a little bit about what what like your day uh, revolves around and what this work uh, involves. So Emancipation uh, pro- provides mental health care to girls from various backgrounds, whether it's trafficking, abuse, trauma, um, abandonment or orphan. Mm-hmm. So we work only in childcare institutions across India, mm-hmm. focused in Mumbai right now because There's a huge number in Maharashtra known there are about 800 such institutions and we provide mental health care through lay counselors. So we train up anyone who has an emotional quotient that passes the level that we need because research and evidence shows us everywhere that as long as you have the ability to create a relationship with someone, uh, you can provide mental health care. So you don't need to be a psychologist and psychiatrist. specifically and in India we have a huge shortage of mental health professionals mm-hmm. there's only three psychiatrists and 0.5 psychologists for every one million people wow so um, yeah we came up with a program that allows us to reach this population that's in huge need of mental health care with lay counselors so that's really interesting because we we just finished a series prior to this on mind over matter which really dealt with mental health yeah. especially may being mental health awareness month mm-hmm. but when we think of mental health i feel like the focus is um on a particular sector of society and not on the sector which perhaps is already in need mm-hmm. of a provision in many other ways like for some reason yeah. i think they get forgotten about mm-hmm. um so do you feel like working with so many different kinds of people do you feel like actually our focus should be on on that majority on these these girls and and people from um less privileged backgrounds do you think they're more in need as opposed to you know the more privileged who are able to maybe afford to go and see a, a therapist or xyz or have the family support um So family support is very important in mental health. It actually, uh, again, studies have shown that in India, because we have such a such a close knit family support system community yeah. around us, it's much you're much quicker to recover from some kind of mental trauma. Um, having said that, I don't think either of the population require like needs to be more in focus. I think everyone needs some kind of mental health. um just support doesn't necessarily have to be in the form of a psychiatrist or psychologist or even a lay counselor in this aspect but just access to someone that they can share life with and journey with and so interestingly enough um those from lower income demographics are much more open to mental health care wow. than those in high income groups because of the stigma 
So we, you know, the 2% of the population in India that can afford to go to, you know, well-known psychiatrists or psychologists have much more stigma attached to it. We're much more afraid of what other people will think. And you have these lower income groups who are just so receptive, so open to it. So we found a lot of success in working in these homes. Just girls are so receptive to just, we do it in group settings. Mm -hmm. So we don't do individual counseling as much as group counseling, where we kind of bring a group of, you know, 15 to 20 together and we talk about emotions and emotional health and emotional regulation and anger management. And through that community and safe space that's created in this group, these girls are able to address it. And um, yeah, I find that way more receptive when you look at that. That's really interesting. Mm. I would never think of it like that. Um, So going back to this title of um, the promises in the process, uh, when we think of process, it can be really uncomfortable. It Mm. can be ugly. It's not very... um, It's sometimes not encouraging, actually, even though it should be. But has there been a time in in your life personally where you have dealt with, because what we've really been speaking about is personal experiences with adversity and how one has able to overcome those situations and get through the other side. And a lot of this, especially in this series, is, of course, connected to faith because we're relying on our faith and a set of beliefs in God to, to come out the other side or at least steer us through these difficult circumstances. So is there something that you can share in your life where you went through this period of adversity and God's promises really got you to the other side? And, and what was that like for you? What did that feel like and look like for you? Um, yeah, I think, you know, when you grew up in a city like Bombay, hmm. uh, born in a city like Bombay, it's, it's, it's a kind of environment which can eat you up. Mm-hmm. if you're not very careful mm-hmm. and I feel like I allowed a lot of the influences around me to, to affect me and to impact the identity and my identity and just who I was and I struggled in so many areas I tried to fill voids in my life with so many different things with friendships and relationships that weren't really good for me with um, just things that I know were not good for me even as I was doing them mm-hmm. and I think insecurity creeps into our life in different ways and we try to fill our void with different things so um, I mean I have so many stories that I could share with you but we don't have enough time <laughs> so I mean I can just tell you about just my journey even just in finding my husband and just uh, accepting that God had a bigger plan out there for me and that I wasn't going to settle with things that weren't of him. And I grew up with the Christian faith because my parents have uh, taught that to me, etc. But understanding grace was a struggle for me. Understanding that no matter what I had done, I was forgiven. And there's no, there's no God keeping count of it. Mm. And because I did this wrong, that's why I was going through this. And that whole idea of being punished because of my wrongs. So, um, yeah, I think, I think just for me, that understanding the process of grace and forgiveness in all the areas of, that, of my life that I had failed, because we do fail as human <laughs> beings, And just holding on to the promise that God had something bigger and better for me. 
Okay. I don't know if that answers your question. No, it definitely does. It definitely does. So in, in, in moving on from that, as human beings generally, we also promise things to each other. And I feel like on a very worldly plane, because we're not God, mm-hmm. um, those promises sometimes don't, we don't get to see them all the way through and that leads to disappointment. Yeah. As well as trusting in God, for many things that we want as human beings. So it's, it's, you know, our own sort of selfish wants, if you like. So although we know that God is a God of promises and fulfillment and, and uh, you know, we can look to him and, and, and pray to him and hopefully get the desires of our heart, mm-hmm. so God obviously knows what's better for us, as you said, and what's the best for us and sometimes doesn't give us what we want. How difficult is it then to deal with that disappointment? Or is it is it a matter of having the discernment to realize that, okay, it's not his will and therefore I need to sort of take a back seat and chill and take a deep breath and yeah. How difficult is disappointment to, to deal with? I think difficult. <laughs> it's very difficult. I think disappointment, we get disappointed because we have created plans in our head that we know, like, okay, So I was convinced I was going to marry a white. Should I say this? <laughs> That's fine. I was convinced I was going to. I was convinced I was going to marry like this foreigner. Really? I just I just thought I was going to get married to this white person, not for any other reason. I just had this image in my head: can marry this white person and move abroad, not going to live in India, and I, you know, I'm just going to live in this. house with the white picket fans that's the life that I have ahead of me is that because that's what you wanted that's all completely created by me okay and this vision this image and this thing was like that's where I'm going so everything I did in my life was like geared towards that and so when I moved back to India after I graduated from college in the US I was so disappointed I was like oh this is not the plan that I know is in my life like no way there's something wrong something's gone wrong And like God had such a bigger plan in place, clearly, right? And um, I ended up getting a job because, you know, you have to get a job when you graduate. <laughs> like my parents aren't giving me, uh, you know, they're giving me everything I need to live. But like, mm. um, so yeah, I created this entire image in my head. And then mm. I ended up staying in Bombay working at Ernst Young, actually. So I was working in the corporate field. And then again, I feel like God just threw things at me saying like, this isn't where you're going to be and um, you know you're, you're going to move out of this place and people just kept coming up to me and offering me things outside of the corporate space and and we were going through this transition in my in my company which my sister and I had started where one of our big clients wanted to take us over and in my head I was like yes okay so that that purpose didn't work out where that image didn't work out but here I am I'm going to be this huge businesswoman I'm going to be super wealthy and yay and then again that wasn't working out because God was calling me to serve young girls in (laughs) really underprivileged and uh, in traumatized backgrounds and every time I make a plan They're not the plans that work out. Mm. So after so many plans of mine that I kept making that weren't working out, I basically, in around 2013, I was convinced I was going to get married, right? Didn't find, I didn't know a guy that I was going to get married to, but I was like, yes, this is going to happen. It's going to happen and it's going to be to a white guy. <laughs> 
for no reason. Like it's just absurd. Okay. And um, then that wasn't happening. And I, I remember just feeling like I need to just surrender my plans to God. Um, and that's it. Like just let go. And how, how, how is it that you do that? How do you let go? Do you, is it literally I, you have a conversation with him and you say... Yeah, I, I just, I had to let go of a lot of habits that firstly I was doing. So there was a there was an Andy Stanley podcast that I heard and the name of the podcast was Are You the Person, the person you're looking for is looking for. Mm. And that kind of convicted me and I was like, oh, no, I'm probably not. <laughs> so I'm really messed up. And not to say I'm not messed up today, I'm super messed up. But it was kind of just like this moment where I was like, okay, I think I need to just focus on myself and my walk with God and just all the things that I need to get right before him. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to give me the things that he knows are good for me. And so it was about me letting go of control. And so I went through this period where I just kind of just, I didn't, I didn't do the things that I was always doing. So like I, I drank a lot. before when I was growing up, um, <laughs> I was growing up, I'm still growing up, um, and so I used to drink a lot and I used to do a lot of stuff and I just felt like God saying like let go of things and just let me work in you. Okay. So I, I started to do that, I just like, I let him work in me and I, I didn't talk to boys for a long period because I was like, you know what? Hmm. They're just distracting me from what God is trying to tell me. Yeah. And um, so I kind of just focused on him and what he wanted to say to me. And it was an amazing experience because you kind of feel like you're alone, but you're not alone. Like, I didn't have these distractions that filled these insecurities to make yes. me feel whole. Yes. You yeah. know, I th- these boys and this going out and this partying and all of that stuff that I was doing, it was just temporary fulfillment, right? And it's kind of at a place where I was like, oh, I was getting to see me and, and just who God saw me. And, and it was the first time that I allowed myself to see myself in God's image mm. in the sense that I was fine just the way I was I didn't need to do anything like he loved me just the way I was even with all the stuff I've done in my life like I was his princess mm. and um, I think it's really important in that process towards the promise that we start to see ourselves in God's image because if we think that other things are gonna save us and give us that image like whether it's boys or whether it's this identity in the world and all of that, or whether it's our identity in our workplace, our just approval and all these things, it's not really the identity that God wants us mm. to see us in. Mm. And so that was a big part of the process for me, is just letting go of how others saw me and just focusing on how God saw me. So, And you said something interesting about, in terms of the work front of opportunities coming um, and and like different opportunities which you didn't have in your head. And I find this always interesting. So how is it that we know, is it because those opportunities keep banging on our door, which we decline? And at one point we need to take that leap and just step into it and investigate and what's going on and if this is for us. Or how how do we recognize that? How do we recognize the things that are for us? What is that? Is there, is there a feeling? Is there a yes. gut feeling? Or 
Yeah, I think, you know, there's there's a verse that I hold on to which says, peace that passes all understanding. And I think it's really important when we're taking these decisions that we have that peace. So mm -hmm. my biggest my biggest factor of knowing if I'm doing something right is just knowing if I'm in, if I feel peaceful about it, if I'm not feeling anxious, if I don't, feel, you know, if I'm not feeling like I can't sleep at night and, you know, mm. I'm struggling with these thoughts of, am I doing the right, you know, okay. It may be a tough thing, mm -hmm. but sometimes the tough things are what we need to be doing. And another thing I feel is like, when we're in this process, I think the best thing we can do is allow people into our life, you know, um, into the hard spaces of our life that sometimes we try to do on our own and fix on our own. I think allowing someone to be accountable to, allowing someone to speak into those areas that you struggle with. Mm. So for me, like just having someone that I could call up and be like, I need you to just pray for me or just be there for me. Like I can't do this on my own. And I think we've got opportunities where, you know, people come into our life to just be there for us and True. to pray for us. And I think that accountability and that, because process is hard mm. and sometimes we can't see the promise because everything around us is just tough. The circumstances are tough, right? True, so. and I think we're in the generation now more than ever where we are looking for shortcuts yeah. somewhere. And um, so obviously we belong to this community. That's how I, I met Vandana. We belong to a community called C3 Mumbai. And uh, yeah, it's been wonderful. I mean, I don't think I realized the importance of community until I joined. Yeah. Um, but just having, having invested time and um, created relationships in a space where it's very much, you know, you can pick up the phone and say, I need you to pray for me. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, but what I, what, what I wanted to also ask you is that we are constantly looking for shortcuts. And I know that in the sermon today, Pastor Ryan did um, speak about how sometimes we get thrown into these situations where the only purpose could be to for us to humble ourselves mm -hmm. and they're the most they're the situations which you just really don't want to be in you don't want yeah. to accept but it's only with hindsight that you actually look back and you realize like why you had to go through something right at the time it's very difficult but when you come out the other side you realize that hey actually okay i realize the purpose of of that situation but do you think now having developed this strong relationship with God that you're able to do that in the present itself that you're able to to realize what God is doing in that moment that in situations of difficulty you understand it there and then that uh, okay this could be God just doing something here or or does it never get easier so like this week has <laughs> been a really tough week for me because okay. you know I, I will I run an NGO so we run on funds and fundraising has been slightly difficult this 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 last quarter and um, it kind of just threw me into this whole space this week of just like gosh if I'm you know <laughs> firstly of like inadequacy like oh my gosh I can't do it hmm. I've been trying and I'm failing so I'm inadequate so this whole idea in my head of me being sufficient enough on my own self-reliant that was kind of shattered. Then the whole security of like funds being there, um, which is something I've always held on to and clung to, is like stability and security that, you know, it's it just, you're covered every month type of thing. And, and I just feel like God is like, who are you relying on 
and what are you taking your stability from? Mm. So like this week itself has been one of those weeks where it's been kind of like, you know, a donor was supposed to commit quite a bit for our organization and they pulled back after months and months and months of saying yes. And I think for me, it's been um, a moment of humbling and just I'm really grateful that um, that God spoke to me because I probably needed a lot of humbling. Mm-hmm. And I also think that I needed to go back to just being reliant on him. Yeah. And yeah. You know, maybe this donor didn't come through, but I know the work we're doing is good. Like, I, I, I know these lives are being transformed. So am I going to let the disappointment of this donor not coming through affect me in my day-to-day life and just be like so in the towel I can't do this anymore look for a job somewhere else which is you know may not be as uh, impactful but you know we'll pay my bills like I'll just go reapply to Ernst Young or you know a corporate job and it's been one of those weeks where very strategically into this sermon today and just like your question today of me I don't think disappointment stops when you come to know Christ Because we live in a world where we are always expecting. Yeah. So we're expecting based on just humans and those around us, um, fulfilling what they say to us, you know. Mm. And I think there comes to be a place and time in our life where when that disappointment comes, and it will come, not trying to discourage, because just that's life. Yeah. um, that, That we kind of can step back and say, um, okay, this is this is disappointing, but I need you, God, right now. And that's kind of where I've been this week. It's just like, God, I really need you to show up. And I'm just keeping my eyes on you because I can't see in my current circumstance around me what's happening and any like hope and encouragement from that. So I'm just going to step back mm. and put my eyes on you and pray and trust that you're going to come through some way yeah. somehow yeah so yeah okay okay well it has been absolutely amazing having this conversation with you I, I think mm. um, I'll have to hear it back as well because you, you said a lot of uh, very interesting things and uh, I hope that people are able to resonate with this it's been such a great series three amazing women from different walks of life really talking about God's promises and how it's really helped them, you know, get through life and is still helping them. It's an ongoing process. It never stops. Um, We're just going to end by doing a very quick, rapid fire, fun thing, as I do with everyone. Um, The first one is like a favorite scripture or saying or affirmation, something which is really, yeah, something which sticks out to you that you'd like to share. So for me, favorite scripture is I have loved you at your darkest. And I think that kind of spoke to me about just, I think sometimes we carry so much shame in our lives from anything. And I think just knowing that even in the most shameful moments of our life, God was just standing there saying, I still love you and I love you and I love you and I love you. And that kind of shatters that shame for me. Yeah, Yeah, hard to understand, but amazing. Um, A piece of advice for anyone maybe listening or not listening, but you know, going through a moment of adversity or a period in their life which is very difficult, anything that you'd like to say to them or some, yeah, a piece of advice that you would give? Um, 
I, I know it's hard and it's, it's much easier said than done, but sometimes we need to remove ourselves from the circumstances and it's difficult when we're in it. So it's difficult to see beyond the storm when that's yeah. all that's around us. But um, our hope is in something much bigger. And I would just say, if you, for me, a practical way for me to do it is I listen to some very encouraging music. So that's my go-to place when I really don't feel like listening to that music, I listen to it. Okay. So um, it just forces you to sing along and it forces you to praise even when you don't want to. So maybe find someone. And, and another way is like, just find someone who um, may be a little bit further along in the journey and may be able to pull you out and encourage you out of a difficult circumstance. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. And last but not least, you you kind of answered this before, but complete the sentence. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on God's promises in the process because. Gosh, because I'm here today. Uh, it's just it. Like because I'm sitting here, and I am being interviewed for a podcast that is supposed to encourage others. That's why I'm keeping my eyes. Because had you known my life. about 10 years ago, five, 10 years ago, you could never imagine that I would be able to actually encourage someone. And so just the fact that I'm being used to encourage someone, that just gives me faith and encouragement that, hey, maybe it just doesn't end well. Amazing, amazing. Thank you for doing this, Vandana. Thank you so much. (laughs) We loved it. Uh, So guys, uh, yeah, I I hope that this is something you related to. You can take something away from this. Um, For more podcast updates, do listen to, or rather than listen, go and follow the page. um, Unplug with Annie on Instagram and Unplug with Annie on Facebook for more information. 